Hello, welcome to this podcast. Uh, this podcast is currently being recorded on May 21st, 2020 at 11.58pm, two minutes before the 22nd of May. Fantastic. Great. Oh, that's that's the great time. Uh, one minute. That's the best time to record a podcast. Your first podcast is when you are kind of tired. Uh, so what is this podcast? This podcast is going to be my journey in the world of business and starting a business and other things on the, on the side because I will be getting involved in politics a bit. That's, that's a little teaser. Um, but yeah, I'm a business and marketing student who wants to start his own business and will start his own business. This, this podcast is just to document my journey. So welcome to the show and sit back, relax and enjoy. So this is episode one, huh? What do people do on episode one? I mean, I know people are probably going to come back to this later on if this is successful and go, wow, he was so cringe. Wow, I don't like this. But I I have nothing prepared, so I'm just going to wing it for episode one because, again, I just decided I'm going to randomly record a podcast. So what is it like to start a business. Let's start with that. What is it like to start a business in a time of COVID? Well, it's strange is the best way to put it because this business is a logistics company and I'm sort of an impulsive person. So I, I'm I'm planning on starting it as soon as possible, even though there's COVID. But I've been told it's, I mean, I was planning on, but then I was told, hey, um, yeah, y- you might get COVID-19 if you if you start this business because uh, it requires me to be within a certain vicinity of a person or the employee to be within a certain vicinity of another person uh, that is definitely not going to be six feet. So it looks like I have to delay this business. And... I prepared the pitch deck, I prepared the business plan, the financials, uh, I was talking to uh, pre-seed and seed stage VCs, getting a little uh, frisky there, and I was uh, just waiting for the moment to launch. The website was done, there was a minimally viable product, there is a minimally viable product, uh, but now because I'm stuck inside wearing sweatpants and a gray t-shirt that's become my ensemble. Uh, I'm I'm now looking for a co-founder online and uh, and bored out of my mind. I've gotten so bored that I've uh, started experimenting with uh, web development, so front-end uh, HTML, CSS, and JavaScript, and then for backend, I started experimenting with Python. Python will also later on uh, be useful for data analysis if I want to do that, and data science and all that. But right now, what I'm doing is I'm just sitting at home. I'm constantly at around 11 a.m. when the mail comes, 
waiting for the mailman every single day like a dog uh, because of the package coming. And I really, I'm really just in a state of nothingness. Just, I mean, my creativity has sort of plateaued. I'm in purgatory. Like I can't, I can't do anything. I can't stop the business because of all the work that's been put in. And I can't start the business because of COVID. I'm just existing. And what this, you might be asking, what, what is this magical business that is going to launch and revolutionize uh, everything? <laughs> and I'm sorry, I can't tell you in the first episode because there's currently no significant competition in this industry and I really don't want to give anyone any ideas, you know? I don't want a DoorDash to my... Oh, wait, no. I don't want an Uber Eats to my DoorDash, you know? I don't want Uber to swoop in and just take over. Although Uber wouldn't because it's not really their type of thing, but other people might. So I'd, I'd like to be a first mover in this. But... I digress. I'm just I'm just rambling at this point. Uh, and so my day is I write emails, wait for a package, play a few video games. Um, I even, because of COVID, fixed my sleep schedule. Uh, I went from sleeping four hours a day to uh, around six to eight. And before I would wake up, drink some caffeine or take a caffeine pill, hop in a cold shower. And obviously I wouldn't, I'm not trying to say that, Ooh, I'm so revolutionary for taking a cold shower. No, it's just to wake the fuck up. Like, <laughs> obviously I'm not some sort of uh, YouTube guru who takes a cold shower and spends 30 hours meditating outside, clearing their mind and trying to figure out how to seize the day and being uber productive, even though in reality they they wake up, they take a shit, they like brush their teeth, take a shower, shave, whatever. They do what everyone else does, but you know, they like to project. This is you know what this is one of the things about Silicon Valley. I'm sorry, this is one of the things about Silicon Valley is why does everyone have to have a God complex? Why do we need everyone to be a savior? Like Adam Newman, like Elizabeth Holmes. Why do we need saviors in like Silicon Valley slash New York in like the startup scene? Why is that? Do do the VCs want some sort of like daddy in charge of a company? Like, ooh, daddy, run that company. We know you'll do it. It's, it makes no sense. You don't need a God complex, but I guess to impress investors, you do. That's one of the reasons I'm looking for a co-founder is I'm not good at like impressing investors. I don't, I like to think analytically, like this is the problem and my company solves this problem. Ta-da. But you need to finesse and you need to, you need to talk about feelings and, and what people feel and, how this is the greatest thing that has ever been created up to this point. And granted, the idea is a bit revolutionary, but it's not its not the cure to cancer. It's a logistics startup. And Adam Newman, it wasn't some sort of revolutionary space. It's, it's a shared office space. 
And Elizabeth Holmes, it's not a revolutionary blood, blood test with a prick of a finger. No, it's just them faking the tests, diluting the blood, and giving inaccurate results. And I can say that because Theranos is now defunct. It was a scam. We all know it was a scam. It was scummy and scammy, and she fooled a lot of people. Why? Because she had a god complex, and she had that deep voice. And that's what made her different. And, oh, and don't forget, she dropped out of college. Just like uh, Steve Jobs, just like uh, Mark Zuckerberg. This suck. She uh, she dropped out, you know. And that's that's all you need. You need to drop out of college, and you need something quirky about you. And I don't mean quirky like the the folks on TikTok who make little quirky videos. Oh look, I eat eggs whole. Look how quirky I am. No, I mean like they have different traits they they have different they, they you know they're just they're it's it's just weird the whole silicon valley god complex thing like i i kind of understand it because we gravitate we gravitate towards strong individuals but the whole thing about just i don't understand why do we need a savior in silicon valley in tech if this crisis has taught us anything it's that we can't rely on Silicon Valley that machine learning algorithms in a crisis don't mean anything. They are nothing. They are less than nothing. They don't help in any way. Uh, sure. There's some places where people have had tests and machines have looked over them and been more accurate than radiologists. But in other ways, in like there, there's no massive Silicon Valley play here. There's, it's just nothing. They can't even get, contact tracing up and going and they can't get testing sites going it's it's just it's just a whole lot of nothing from silicon valley because i mean they made big leaps before but they're not making those leaps anymore there's not i mean elon musk wants to put a freaking needle in your brain or whatever that neural link is like it's it's strange the folks there it's it's just weird to the rest of the world like i'm based in british columbia canada and i i look at that world like i see in washington state microsoft and amazon i see them as sort of like the adults of all of this then you go down into california and you see all of those startups that are doing wacky kooky things like there's some startups that uh are chasing immortality and uploading your brain to the cloud i don't want that i do not want to live forever that is insanity I believe that we have a specific amount of time on this planet, and that's what's motivating me to start this company. If I knew I was going to live for a thousand years and have my brain uploaded to the cloud and then downloaded onto a onto a robot, and I would have the world's biggest schlong, and I would be the tallest man and the buffest man, I, w I wouldn't want that because then, like, what's what's the point of doing anything? You're just going to come back. But it's really not immortality is not something worth chasing because it's it just seems boring to me and pointless and it seems like it creates a lot more problems than it solves like we would have to stop uh producing humans no more babies in the world like that would be that'd be a massive uh thing to transition towards and like we can't we can't just give up on babies 
As you can tell, this episode has been quite a ramble, and it's going to continue rambling. So let's just continue down this down this road. But yeah, like I don't understand chasing immortality. It's it's not worth it to me. And people who want immortality, great. You can you can like the idea of living forever because hey, you like your life and you want to extend it, but that creates a lot more problems than it solves. And what's wrong with just living 80, 90, 100 years and then expiring? Like, that's that seems fine to me. That just, I don't know if it's just me, but that just seems fine. It's, it's a cycle. It's, we come to this world, we have a certain amount of time to make changes. We have a certain amount of time to push our ideas forward or just, you know, stay in the comfort zone. And then we expire, and then we're gonzo forever. I mean, it's off this planet. Like, we're never coming back to this planet after we expire. So, like, but we get to, that means we enjoy every year even more. If you knew you were going to live for a thousand years, you wouldn't, you wouldn't care what you were doing tomorrow. You wouldn't care what you were doing in two days. You're going to live forever. Who cares? I just... I'm sorry. I'm just bashing Silicon Valley right now. But, you know, they deserve it. They deserve it. It's it's a weird, strange place full of dreamers and narcissists. And I don't mean every startup founder or every startup employee. But a pretty good chunk of them, though. <laughs> They think they can solve the world's problems. COVID-19 happens, they solve nothing. There's there's no magical cure from Silicon Valley. There's no magical way to contact trace yet from Silicon Valley. It's, I mean, Google recently, and this isn't their fault because a lot of tech companies have glitches. This is not me skewering Google, but like they're, I have an Android phone. I have an iPhone. On my Android phone, I go to my, I swipe left. I would see a, Google newsfeed and recently that's been down for a lot of people. I mean, if Google can't figure that out, how are they going to change the healthcare industry or how is Amazon going to change the healthcare industry? Because that's the next step. I think Amazon's trying to become HIPAA compliant. So that's obviously the next step for these companies is getting into healthcare and becoming massive corporations, massive trillion, multi-trillion dollar corporations. But if they can't figure out like search or Amazon can't figure out how to deal with uh, delivery in a crisis situation. How are they going to control healthcare? How are they going to revolutionize these things? And it's not their fault. Again, it's it's the limits that we have currently in terms of our knowledge, in terms of technology available. We have so many limits. I mean, great, we're shooting for the stars, but Silicon Valley is like, shooting past the star. They're shooting to the edge of the damn universe. They are shooting so far, so fast, and they're obviously not going to get there. It's it's over-promise, under-deliver, as opposed to the opposite, which should be like, which should be the thing they should be doing. It's under-promise, over-deliver. That's how you satisfy customers. That's how you satisfy your shareholders. But, you know, what do I know? I'm just the founder of a company that hasn't even begun operations yet because 
COVID decided to happen and like, I'm not saying I'm, I have it bad. It's, it's mildly frustrating. The people who have it bad are the people that actually had COVID-19 and like, we need to find, or we need to push forward with something right now because social distancing it's kind of working, but it's a, a short-term solution. And some people have even said we might never come up with a vaccine. Like, like AIDS does not have a vaccine. Does not have a vaccine. You can't like we can live with it. We can learn to live with it in society. Like you can make it so it's not even traceable in blood. But there's no actual vaccine. So just thinking about that right now is it's just it's it's strange to me that humanity has achieved so much but we're crippled by just a virus from a bat and i know people dispute whether it came from a bat or not even if it came from wherever else you think it came from still it's just we've had viruses forever and we can't get a handle on it it's Sometimes we just have to admit that we can't do everything. We're not we're not just gods with technology. We we don't understand things. We're vulnerable. We're weak as a species. We we follow. Some of us lead, some of us follow. It's it's just weird. Humanity it Socially speaking, like humanity intrigues me because I want to understand, but every day I see something new that makes me kind of wonder what the deal is with humanity because like cults, for example, why? If something can be proven objectively as false, like this man is not any sort of holy figure this woman is not Mother Mary. This person is not a Greek god. But people still, in the hundreds, sometimes the thousands, they they follow, and I don't understand why. And that's what interests me, because those are the type of people that defend Silicon Valley founders to the death. Those are the people defending Elon Musk when he calls people pedos and he says COVID-19 isn't a big deal and he reopens his factories and he busts unions and some of the Teslas have like gap issues, quality issues. And people still defend him to the end. And he's the CEO of a few private companies. Like, If you want to see real leadership and innovation, Look at Preston Tucker. Look at Howard Hughes. These two revolutionized their industries. They Preston Tucker, like you, you can still see his cars to this day. The Tuckers, the, I mean, the Tucker cars. Like Preston Tucker was an amazing human being. Howard Hughes, amazing human being. And if you want eccentric, rich people, you can't get more eccentric than Howard Hughes. He bought a TV station. And made them play whatever movie he wanted. He locked himself in his hotel room for years. And had his own private Netflix. 
Like, you can't get more eccentric than that. You don't need somebody saying, oh, we're going to go to Mars. That's, I mean, number one, not that many people are going to make it to Mars. And number two, it doesn't seem like a long-term solution to anything besides making humanity live longer. But then if, it doesn't give any purpose, though, if you know what I'm saying. It doesn't, it's just another thing we can do, like, it doesn't give humanity any purpose, and it just causes further problems. Do we really need a second planet? Is it, like, instead of thinking about, oh, when humanity dies on this planet, we'll have another one, why not just put in measures to make sure humanity doesn't die on this planet and quality of life uh, is increased? What about revolutionary things like vertical farming um 3d printing houses um a defense system in our atmosphere so we don't get wrecked by a freaking asteroid and wiped out we can control these things and i mean some some site some would say overpopulation it's not really overpopulation isn't really that big a threat right now if we put in uh like vertical farming which has high yields and it requires a little amount of space uh if we can implement vertical farming on a large scale we can solve a lot of the hunger problems in the world i'm not saying we're going to end world hunger that's lunacy but we can solve a lot of those problems you put it you 3d print houses like buildings you can solve a lot of construction problems too. Like you can give people actual affordable housing. You can come up with buildings within a couple of days. You can, you can build buildings within a couple, not days, months instead of a year. And you can just mass produce buildings. I mean, humanity has ways to innovate on this planet. Humanity can succeed on this planet. Humanity's quality of life will increase on this planet. I, don't understand why Mars? Why would you want to go to a desert? And I mean, I guess it's a new experience, but it's not necessary to populate Mars. Astronauts, I'm not saying astronauts don't go to Mars. Astronauts can go to Mars. That'd be great. We'd understand Mars even more. But I don't want to set up some sort of colony that expands because it's impractical. And to make it practical, you have to launch nukes at Mars seems like a massive waste of time, money, effort, and skill. I, I don't... I just don't understand people. It's... <laughs> this podcast has turned from a business podcast to me. Talking about the humanity and the extent existential problems that we have i mean i don't i don't know i'm not a i'm not a philosopher i'm giving base answers to all of this base level answers and i mean i'm your opinion is your opinion if you if you want this mars idea great but look at it practically it's not gonna do that much good for the majority of the population i mean it's not gonna help 
a lot of the impoverished nations in the world. It's not gonna it's not gonna build schools, it's not gonna improve healthcare, it's not gonna improve uh crop yields, it's it's just he's he's like doing it because he can. And I guess that's cool, but I don't see it as something necessary. It just seems like a waste of potential. And that's what I hate the most is people wasting potential because we could do so much more with all of the resources than we're doing now in Silicon Valley. They can do a whole lot more, but they're not because they're focused on moonshot ideas instead of practical ideas. And it's it's sad, but it's true. That's that's what I take away from this. It's it's sad that all of these companies are going for these moonshots and none of them are thinking uh, on a practical level. They're thinking abstract. They're thinking into the future, 50 years into the future, 60 years into the future. We don't know where we're going to be. How about we start implementing massive practical changes now? How about we invest in agriculture and we actually make it more efficient and we invest and a portion of that agriculture that's more efficient, the extra uh, food that is yielded goes to homeless shelters. And we offer homeless people, uh, we train homeless people with new skills and offer them rehab and new skills, including coding. Because then they'll be able to get jobs in the future that pay a lot higher than minimum wage. And they'll be able to lead good lives because there is potential in every drug addict out there. There is potential. I see potential. I see hope in them. I see the opportunity to change the world. There's a lot of ex-addicts who have done great things, who have turned their lives around. And it's really great to see that. And to just not do anything to help these folks, to say, hey, you do drugs, go die in a hole, that is insanity. But we don't care. No one cares in Silicon Valley. No one cares. And it's right on their doorstep. The homeless crisis is right on their doorstep. And they don't care. Because it doesn't do anything for them. Because it doesn't solve any of the issues they're trying to solve in 50 years or 60 years. And it's not a moonshot to feed the homeless or to educate the homeless. It's not a moonshot to them. Uh, anyways, that's it. I'm sorry, I rambled a lot. That's it for this podcast. Um, I don't know if I'm going to continue do ra doing rambling podcasts or if I'm going to actually have a script, but this was the first podcast. Um, I hope you enjoyed, even if you didn't. Thank you for being here this long. Um, have, have a great day.